Hi, welcome to the Landscape Cranes Cleveland Podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Glad you can join us. While the eyes of football fans will be trained on Los Angeles on February 13th for the Super Bowl, for fashion fans and industry insiders, they'll be looking to the other coast, to the East Coast. February 11th through the 16th, New York presents its prestigious Fashion Week. Among the participants in Fashion Week is a Cleveland designer who designs the William Frederick line of clothes. His name is William McNichol, and he joins us today on The Landscape to talk about his work, life as a fashion designer here in Cleveland, and what's coming up in New York. William, thanks for being with us today. Hi, how are you today? Great. Let's start before we talk about what's going to happen at Fashion Week and your line of clothes, how you got started. You grew up in Wellsville, which is near the West Virginia, Ohio border. When did you become interested in fashion? Yeah, so I actually, since I was young, I would say somewhere six, seven, eight years old, I began sketching sneakers and basketball shoes as my initial foray into being interested in design in general, but also into clothing, product. And that just stemmed from also the way my grandfather dressed, who the brand is named after. And he had essentially a very utilitarian uniform, always well-dressed and presentable. And taking those two interests together, it just became something that naturally evolved over time into something that became more of a purpose and my true passion. I am completely self-taught. So my degree is actually in management and finance from Baldwin Wallace. And in terms of all the fashion and everything that's come along with that has just been for me sketching now for close to 25 years on my own by hand. I find it interesting. You often, and I'm sure you do have some influences, but you often hear fashion designers say, well, I'm influenced by this designer or that designer. But it sounds like you look at a lot of different things, music and other things come into how you design. Yeah. So there's only one clothing designer, essentially, that I would say I would actually look to for inspiration or someone that I would hope to be one day, and that's Martin Margiela. But beyond that, I'm really inspired by film. That's really the center of everything that I do. And that also comes from watching Alfred Hitchcock films on Turner Classic Movies as a child and that developing over time into different inspirations into my 20s, looking to Jean-Luc Godard for more of a rebellious, youthful presence as an influence, and now looking for things that are a little bit more adult, like Francois Truffaut, Robert Altman. So it's developed over time, and it's just been kind of a natural evolution alongside my own life in terms of the things that I'm interested in at different times. You mentioned that your degree is not in fashion. So how did you end up just making the decision, I really want to do this as a career, not just something that I'm interested in? Yeah. So when I was weighing college decisions when I was 18, 19, I was very interested in Kent State. But growing up in Wallsville, the idea of owning a clothing brand or being a fashion designer was so far-fetched that I decided once I visited colleges and felt incredibly comfortable with Baldwin Wallace that, okay, I know one day I want to be a designer. So what can help me the most long-term? So I felt that going with their business program and studying management and finance would give me plenty of background and experience and knowledge that would actually translate to the fashion world on my creative side. So I read that you had a notebook where you kept your uh, these designs that you didn't really share them with people, but some friends found your notebook. How did that story go? 
So that was when I was still living in Berea after Bob and Wallace. Now, I, in a sense, when I say I've been sketching since six, seven, eight years old, no one knew that. That was a complete private exercise. So I just have, and I do it, I was doing it all the time, especially once I got into my 20s and it was more crafting like actual clothing that you would now see on my website and that type of design work. And I had notebooks out that I just forgot to put away because I generally would put everything away after I did it. And some friends found it and they were like, what is this? And it was, I mean, I had notebooks just filled front to back with design after design after design. So they were pushing me. They were like, why don't you at least try to make something? And so I said, okay. So then I, and I pulled friends and I was like, what's the most interesting design in here? And that's what I ended up making. My first piece was after meeting with these group of friends who inadvertently discovered my work. As we mentioned, you're going to be heading to Fashion Week, but this isn't your first time there. Take us back to 2017 for your first trip to Fashion Week. Yeah, and that, that's actually the extension of that story. So after my friends convinced me to make that first sample that they found in the notebook, I made that code. And it was at the time, it was called the Grant Code. I was on a big Cary Grant kick and Hitchcock and North by Northwest. So that was even inspired by film. And the reason it had like a Chevron look on it was kind of like a North by Northwest reference of just things moving in different directions. So it really loose reference, but it inspired the design and made the piece, started it late 2016. So that was the first time I actually worked in a factory making something. I produced that, get it done about a week before the winter shows in 2017 in New York. I was like, okay, it's done. I'm packing it up and I'm going to New York Fashion Week. So I went to New York Fashion Week alone and then just packed up and I wore the coat to every show, like three days in a row. I couldn't get into many shows, but I knew that street style was so pivotal in terms of influence and just conversations and things ending up on websites. So I was just walking around outside the shows wearing my own design. And to me, that was a litmus test because I was still obviously very unsure that I hadn't even shown anyone the fact that I sketched. So to actually wear my first piece was a little uncomfortable, but I was like, I'm going to challenge myself and see how it goes. And everyone was asking, where's that coat from? What brand? And then I would start going into retail stores because I was like, these people have a very trained eye that see how they respond to it for me just walking in the store. Same experience there. And then we actually ended up in WWD for one of their best street style photos of me actually wearing the coat outside of a show. So, and that was a completely new world for me. I've never done fashion week. I've never encountered any of that. And that definitely filled me with the confidence to come home and say, okay, it's time to actually take this seriously and started crafting that collection in 2017 when I returned in January, February, and then I released my first collection in August of 2018. So it's still a fairly new brand, but that's the initial backstory as to how it became an actual tangible product. It pays to take a big swing every once in a while, doesn't it? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> So you launched the line in 2018. What's the lead up time though? I mean, I know you mentioned from 2017, from that fashion week, were you able to get, how much were you able to get designed so you could have something to show for the next year? Yeah. So it, the process of actually making one garment, it was such a learning curve because even stepping inside a factory and just developing an understanding to speak their language 
took time. And I, for, and that's why I kind of have a little bit more, I don't know how to exactly say it, but I definitely have I'm more forgiving when people don't really understand what goes into my product in the development. And I mean, it takes months and months just to get one piece right. And then you factor in the amount of time it takes from there to source fabrics, which was absolutely the most challenging part of all of that, because everyone in the fashion industry is so protective of the resources and no one was really giving me any help at all in terms of this is where you can go get your fabrics because they didn't want me to have the same access that they did. So when you factor in all of that to essentially take 16, 17 months to go from making one piece, returning from New York, and then developing a full-scale collection is probably about what it takes. I would assume most people take a year and a half, two years to go from ideation to their initial first launch. William McNichol joins us for the Landscape Cranes Cleveland podcast. William is a Cleveland-based fashion designer. He'll be part of New York's Fashion Week, February 11th through the 16th, showcasing his William Frederick line of clothes. William, would you describe the aesthetic of William Frederick? How would you describe it? Yeah, I think it's, in a general sense, somewhat utilitarian and uniform. I, I do think it's very important that I stay true to my Cleveland roots and not deviate or abandon that. And in addition to that, I essentially have a core piece of products that, in silhouette, and purpose are very approachable. And that was something I've always had in mind with Cleveland and the customer base here is not doing anything that's a little too fashiony or something that turns people off or says, oh, he doesn't really reflect my values. And then in addition to that, taking these core uniform pieces, I really spend most of my time sourcing fabrication. That is what I would consider the best fabrics that I can find across the world. And we source a lot of our fabrics from Belgium, from Japan, and from Canada, along with dead stock fabrics across the United States. But most of our fabrics are from Europe and Japan, just based on the highest quality wools and the different fibers that come from those regions and linens from Belgium specifically, and then a lot of the cotton wovens that occur in the Japan mills. So we, we really pull from those, and then that's how we create what I see as more of an aspirational Cleveland identity as my aesthetic by taking these pieces that are comforting to walk up to, not just wear, but also be seen in. And then, but when you put it on or you touch the textiles and the fabrics, you can identify that quality. And that's really important to me. This does raise an interesting question of the sort of of design of, I'm going to make up a word, not being too fashiony. You know, you want to be able to have people want to wear your clothes. I thought to myself a few years ago when the three button suit was very popular, I couldn't bring myself to buy one because I just didn't like the look. Mm -hmm. Talk about it for a moment about the notion of designing timeless clothes, things that we're going to be able to wear over and over and you won't feel like, oh, I'm already out of style this year. Right. Yeah. And to me, that's always just been a value of mine that was passed down from my grandfather he didn't spend a lot of money on clothes or have an extensive wardrobe, but he had foundational pieces and he took such great care of those. And I think that's something that was really important to me was to create clothing that would look just as good 40, 50 years. And that also ties into a lot of the inspiration that I pull from films. Most of the films that I pull from are from the 40s, 50s, 60s. And I think that's just a good checklist item for me when I am creating something to kind of transport that clothing to one of the films that I'm pulling the inspiration from. 
and if I could see it on a character in a movie from the 50s or 60s, but it also still speak to people today, then I know I have a hit. And also, it's just about being educational with customers, too, and walking them through the process of how to care for a garment. And I think that gets kind of lost in the discussion nowadays with how fast fashion, how fast content, how fast product moves and walking people through when you purchase something from me, there are very specific care instructions if you want this to last for 40 to 50 years as I intended. And that also plays into the fabric selections like I mentioned when I'm out sourcing fabrics. I mean, the fabrication and the construction are essentially the identifiers for how long a piece will last. And when you combine those two things, you generally can determine whether or not something can be worn for years. When you design something like a jacket, how many pieces do you end up making of that particular design? 10, 5, 20, or does it depend on what you've designed? Yeah, it depends. I would, and the unique part about the fabric searches that I go on when I'm digging through four stories of a family owned factory supplier in New York city, there's a lot of fabrics I love that they only have eight yards of that they only have 19 yards of. So a lot of my quantities are dictated by the amount of fabric that I can even purchase. Like, for example, there's a piece that I'm showing in New York on the 11th that is 100% cashmere. There was only an eight-yard bolt of it. So I can only make three pieces, and they have to be cropped because there can't be too much length or I would run out of fabric. So it's ideally, I like to have at least one in every size, which is still incredibly small scale for the fashion industry to just have one per size. But I would never go beyond two, three, four per size per style. And that's just something that's important to me. I, I think I want each piece to be cherished by who buys it. And I don't want it to just be a number that's moved along. Who is your customer base? Are they mostly based here in Northeast Ohio or are they from all over? Mostly from all over, honestly. I would say as it developed over time, especially now that we're doing New York Fashion Week. And I mean, in terms of press, we've been in GQ, we've been in the New York Times, we've been in Rob Report, Forbes. And once that started happening and we started getting recognized on a more national scale, it definitely developed into Cleveland is not any, they're no, Cleveland is no longer the number one market where initially I was so small and it was mostly just friends and family that were supporting. It was by far and away essentially just a Cleveland based customer and and I also think it's when you look at values in our city and even nationally now, but especially in our city, fashion design, clothing, that's been more of a forgotten quality, I would say. I mean, looking back at Cleveland's history is something I've mentioned many times, especially in national interview is we actually have an incredibly rich history here for fashion and garment production. And up into the 50s, we were the second largest garment manufacturing industry in the world. William, what about us? You've talked about your grandfather having this sense of style. Do people still develop that in individual signature style? I mean, so many of us just go into the store and buy clothes off of the rack. Are people still interested in doing that? Yeah, I think so. There are a lot of negatives with social media when it comes to fashion in terms of the disposability of pieces because everyone wants to be seen in something new all the time. But I do think it has helped to develop a more of a focus on sense of personal style in developing that. There is some homogenization issues there too because everyone's trying to keep up with everyone. But I, for me personally, I see in the world today that a lot of, especially my friends and people who are artists are very in touch with developing, maintaining, and 
sorry, developing and maintaining a sense of personal style. Now, you mentioned the fact that how important fabric is to you. And I know a lot of people, when they buy clothes, they want to be able to touch them and, and feel them and put them on, obviously, before they purchase them. How difficult has it been for you during the pandemic? Because it's been more difficult to have customers come in. Yeah. And we actually had to close our studio right when the pandemic started in 2020. And it just worked out that way that it moved to more of a focus on e-commerce just by force of nature. But now we, as of last month, we did move back into our studio space. So we do have a studio at Lake Effect Studios on East 25th. And I can now host showroom appointments and have customers come in on an individual basis and see the space as well as try on the clothes, see them in person, have conversations with me, which I really do encourage because it's a unique shopping experience and it's also tailored to each individual. So as you head into fashion week, how do you determine what you're going to bring? Do you think do you bring a certain number of pieces and, and for a certain style of show? How does that all work? I mean, most people are not familiar with the, the intricacies. We just see a little bit on TV when there's a report, but we don't think we know what really happens. Yeah, and there's not much time. That's the other issue is so that my debut at New York Fashion Week was in September. So this is only my second time going. That collection that we showed in September was made in three weeks. And that's a full scale production for at that time, 18 models. So we're actually showing off our fall winter 2022 collection this time. And in the calendar there, that's the other thing with New York Fashion Week is the calendar works almost a year in advance because it gives you opportunity to meet with buyers and different people in the industry. So for them to make their decisions, they like to do that approximately nine to 12 months in advance. So this time we have between 15 and 16 models. So the first thing I do is I cast because each piece has to be made for each person in their size and their build. So I handle all of the model casting myself and most of it is just my friend group here in Cleveland. Yeah, and by me using my friends, that's an all, another way to essentially disrupt from the industry norm. And most brands who are showing in New York are using a casting director or they use casting from one of the larger model agencies there. So that's also enables me to stand out a little bit different because my models look so vastly different from what you see in the other rooms and the other shows. And it also is more personal to me to be able to use my friends as models and dress them. So once I have that set and organized, then I know exactly how many pieces I need to make. But that also has to align with the entire design process, because with it being New York Fashion Week, I can't just simply produce normal wearable clothes. It has to be something that also fits into that world without deviating from my own values. So that process alone in order of the designing. And then I I was just in New York and then I was in L.A. and I was digging through fabrics and trying to figure out what exactly what fabrics I'm going to use. And that's pretty much up to the wire. The work doesn't really stop until the day we leave. And for last September, we did not get our pieces from the factory until the night before we left at 11 p.m. <laughs> so there's, it's, it is very, very high intensity. It's a different world from normal production and what I do. Sounds like a fascinating opportunity to uh, make your name known. And it's great you're able to share some of the inside information about the fashion industry. I think it's something that we, like I said, we see it on TV, we see it in magazines, but I don't think many of us know all that much about it. So it's great to find out more about it. William McNichol, thanks so much for joining us today. Great pleasure having you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. 
William McNichol is based here in Cleveland. He's a fashion designer with the William Frederick line of clothes. He's off to Fashion Week, February 11th through the 16th. He was kind enough to join us for the Landscape of Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.